A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the program today. Uh, So originally the plan was we were going to be talking with Tom King, head of the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, about the extraordinary session uh, underway in Albany. In fact, I did have a conversation with Tom King, head of the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. But uh, due to technical difficulties, that interview, something happened, I guess, on the way from being downloaded. It's now floating around in pixels on the internet somewhere, but it did not end up on my hard drive. So uh, I will relay to you what Tom King told me just moments ago as we were discussing this uh, hearing. Uh, excuse me, not a hearing, the, the, the extraordinary session that New York Governor Kathy Hochul has called in response to the uh, Bruin decision coming down last week. Now, it is expected that lawmakers in Albany are going to introduce, pass, and then the governor is going to sign this gun control legislation today, in one day. And when I spoke to Tom King around 11 o'clock Eastern time, he said that as of 20 minutes earlier, so let's say by as of 10.30 Eastern, on the day that this legislation is going to be introduced and supposedly passed and signed into law, not a single Republican state senator had actually seen a bill. That is how quickly, that is how, again, they talk about this being an extraordinary session. Oh, this is extraordinary because this is not how laws are generally made. There's no public hearings. The public doesn't get a chance to testify. There's no real opportunity to object. I don't even know how much debate is going to take place. They are going to ram these new laws through. And then I suspect that these new laws are going to be quickly challenged in court because they fly in the face of the Supreme Court's decision in Bruin. Uh, I spoke with Tom about some of the specifics that Governor Hochul has talked about. Again, we we don't know a bill, right? So we don't know all of the details, but what she's talked about is basically making all private businesses gun-free zones, unless you post a sign that says uh, you can carry here. Um, She wants to ban uh, the lawful carrying of firearms from virtually every government building, every zoo, every amusement park, every park. Uh, someone asked her yesterday, well, I mean, it really sounds like you're just trying to ban guns everywhere. She said, no, the court said we can't do that. And somebody said, well, where could people carry? And she said, maybe some streets. Yeah. They are, they're not ignoring. They know what the court said. They are disregarding what the Supreme Court has said. It's not that they're not paying attention to it. They're intentionally and willfully defying the Supreme Court here. Clarence Thomas said, you can't basically declare the uh, city of New York City a sensitive space. Well, Governor Hochul wants to basically declare the entire state of New York a sensitive space, at least anywhere where you might run into somebody, where there might be another person around. Kathy Hochul wants to make those places off limits to the lawful carrying of firearms. Kathy Hogel also talked about increasing the training requirements. 15 hours of live fire training. In addition to, we don't know how many number of hours of classroom training. Now, one of the things that Tom King talked about, I mentioned this in my piece at Bearing Arms earlier today, the cost of training. The cost of ammunition alone 
for 15 hours of live fire training is going to price a lot of people out of their right to bear arms in self-defense. That's an extraordinary... And by the way, 15 hours of live fire training. Do you know the arsenal of ammunition that someone's going to have to purchase in order to acquire a concealed carry license? These are the same folks, by the way, who want to ration the amount of ammunition that someone can own at any given time, right? But beyond those particular problems, Tom King also talked about the lack of ranges in New York State. Most of the ranges that operate in the state of New York, he told me, are private ranges. They're, you know, local gun clubs. So where are folks supposed to go to get the training that Governor Hochul wants to mandate people receive before they can exercise their right to keep and bear arms? By the way, in New York State right now, as of today, well, at least before the extraordinary session gets underway, there is no training requirement for a concealed carry permit. None. Zero. Because apparently... When only a favored few New Yorkers get to exercise their right to carry, training's not important, right? When you got to be special or privileged or powerful or connected, we don't need to tell them how much training they need. They'll be fine. But when, you know, Joe Sixpack in Utica or Jane Sixpack in Schenectady want to exercise their right to keep and bear arms, oh, the sky's falling. Oh, my God, we got to do everything we can to stop these folks from doing it. And that is exactly the intention here. This is not about respecting the general right to carry a firearm for self-defense in public that Clarence Thomas talked about in the Bruin decision. This is about ensuring that as few New Yorkers as possible have access to their right to keep and bear arms. And Kathy Hull was not denying it. She has even said, we'll go right up to the line that the Supreme Court drew, but we won't go beyond that. Baloney. They are blowing right past that. They're they're not blowing past the line. They're putting up their nose. That's what they're doing, because they are high if they think that this package that uh, Kathy Hochul has talked about is going to pass constitutional scrutiny. No way. Even under the old test that was rejected by the Supreme Court, I don't think these laws would have stood much of a chance, at least in an honest hearing. But based on the test that was laid out by SCOTUS, the text history and tradition test, there is no way that these laws proposed by the governor are going to withstand court scrutiny. Because not only do they defy in many cases the plain text of the Second Amendment, that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, But there are no historic analogs to the types of broad restrictions that Kathy Hochul is talking about. No other state in the country requires 15 hours of live fire training in order for you to have a concealed carry license. Nothing close to that. Um, No, and, and by the way, no state in the nation has ever said before you can exercise your right to bear arms, We're going to force you to spend either a full weekend or more likely, you know, a month or more going to the range and having a couple of hours of range time at a time. And then once you've satisfied uh, uh, that requirement, uh, then maybe 
we will let you carry a gun as long as you know your character references check out and your uh, we think you have good moral character I, 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 again they are willfully rejecting the Bruin decision so that leads to the question that I asked of Tom is what's next uh Tom King didn't want to get too specific into the details, but uh, I have a feeling that lit- uh, that litigation is coming uh, in swiftly. We may even see the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association file for a uh, an injunction to prevent whatever passes in Albany today from actually taking effect. Uh, and I know that the Supreme Court is now recessed. They're on summer break now, right? So they won't be back till the fall. Um, but I would imagine that one or more of the justices would still be available for these types of emergency hearings because issues do pop up when the court is not in recess. So if it if it comes to that, you know, just as we saw the uh, the Supreme Court, uh, they, they've uh, you know they have their shadow docket, but they also have their sort of emergency orders, um, if it comes down to that, then we could actually see the court get involved fairly quickly. But it could be that a, a trial judge uh, could impose an injunction on enforcement of any new laws that come down. Again, we I don't want to put the cart before the horse, uh, but rest assured that uh, there will be a legal response to whatever comes out of Albany today. Uh, I, I feel confident stating that after uh, our conversation with uh, Tom King earlier today. So, uh, you know, between this and what we've seen in California with what almost a, more than a dozen gun control bills expected to uh, pass and be signed into law in the next couple of days, the egregious leak of personal information, not just by the way of concealed carry holders now, but it was concealed carry applicants, including those who got rejected. The dealer record of sales database was apparently exposed in California. The extreme risk protection order database. Yeah, the red flag law database was apparently exposed and opened for public perusal uh, from the California Attorney General. Well, again, we don't know for sure whether that was intentional or, or if it was who intended to put this information out there. But what we have seen from the anti-gun left since Bruin honestly reminds me of the three stages of grief. Or at least the first, the, the big three that, that, that I've experienced. There is the denial, there is the, the, the shock, the, this isn't happening, Right. Then there's the anger. Hell with this. No. And then eventually, you start to get towards acceptance. I think that the anti-gun left right now is vacillating. And you don't stay in one state or the other, by the way. You can go from shock to denial to anger to back to shock. I mean, it... Yeah, it's a fluid situation. And I think they are vacillating right now between that denial and that anger. They don't want to believe that the Supreme Court has precluded the type of uh, infringements on the right to keep in arms that they've been fighting for for decades. They don't want to believe it. And they certainly don't want to accept it. And so they are now willing to defy the court. I think the Dobbs decision has also uh, increased the uh, left's anger 
and they are using that, in addition to the Bruin decision, to lash out at, at those they perceive to be on the right, despite the fact that the right to keep and bear arms is a right of all Americans, not just conservatives. And that the burden of New York's gun control laws has largely fallen disproportionately on New York City residents, in particular, young black and brown men in New York City who have been charged with the violent felony of possessing a firearm without a license that they can't acquire. And these are the exact same folks that the anti-gun Democrats in New York are going to harm again with this new round of gun control restrictions. Oh, sure. They want to harm everybody. They want to harm people who look like me. They want to harm people who look like you. But that harm, I truly do believe, is going to fall disproportionately on minorities, on the working class, people who live paycheck to paycheck. Again, at a time of inflation, when so many of us are finding it hard to put gas in our tank to buy the same amount of groceries that we bought even a week ago, the fact that the government in New York wants to force Everybody who would carry a firearm in self-defense to not only pay hundreds of dollars in application fees, but now to pay hundreds of dollars, if not four figures, just for the ammunition to satisfy the training requirement. Then you got to pay for the training itself. Then you got again, you got to find the range that's open and conducting these tra- the training. You got to find the space because there are going to be a lot of other New Yorkers who want to do this. Again, this isn't about public safety because this puts the public at risk because the general public is not going to be able to protect themselves. We've seen what's happening in New York City. Tom King called it the, the OK Corral without the law enforcement when we were speaking today. Major crimes up 40% in New York this year. 40%. The Supreme Court has said, you have a right to protect yourself. There might be a few places that the government can declare off limits because they're sensitive. Government buildings, polling places maybe, schools. But you have a general right to carry for self-defense in public. And New York politicians like Kathy Ogle say, no, you don't. Or we'll pretend that you do, but the laws that we place will prevent you from doing it. So the last question I asked Tom King was, what would you tell New Yorkers who are rightfully angry that that seemingly very little has changed right now in the immediate aftermath of Bruin? Uh, and what Tom told me, uh, he said, I, I, he said, I, I remember this phrase from the sixties. He said, keep the faith. We've been fighting this fight for a long time and we are winning. One of the reasons why we are seeing these desperate moves on the part of Democrats is because they are losing and they're lashing out. But just as. New York was hauled into court before. New York will be hauled into court again. And they will be hauled into court as many times as it takes for the right to keep and bear arms to be recognized and respected for all law-abiding New Yorkers 
ultimately all law-abiding Americans. So we will uh, endeavor to have Tom back on the program, or I guess on the program, but I'll, 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 I'll talk with Tom again. And hopefully you can hear firsthand what he has to say instead of me having to relay it to you secondhand. Uh, we'll try to do that. Uh, let's see. Monday's a holiday, Independence Day. Tuesday, I am planning on taking off. So Wednesday will be the next uh, scheduled camera company. We'll try to get Tom back on next Wednesday. Uh, and we'll uh, talk more about this. Um, I, by the way, even though I'll be taking next Tuesday off, the website's going to be updated. I say I'm taking it off. Probably going to be working every day <laughs> of, of what what I was hoping to be a four day weekend because this is a critically important time right now. This really isn't a time where I can just you know nah, I'm going to kick back and uh, relax. I got a lot of stuff around the house to do. I got yard work. I got to take some trees down, but I also am going to be sitting in front of the computer every day writing because there is news breaking. It seems like on on an almost hourly basis. And it is so important to stay engaged and involved right now, to not check out, don't get complacent, don't think, ah, we won, everything's all good now. Uh-uh. I, I, I firmly believe that uh, one day, and it won't be too long from now, we will be able to take a deep breath and say, okay, we can relax a little bit, right? We have carved out this space. We have won these major battles. We haven't won them all. There is still more to come, but but we have some breathing room. We don't have breathing room right now. Not when they are trying to choke off our access to our Second Amendment rights. So, yeah. Long way of saying, basically disregard what I just said about not being around, because I'll probably be around over the next few days. <laughs> don't know if we'll do a show until next Wednesday, but we will be updating the website at barryandarms.com throughout the holiday weekend with all of the news that you need to know. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report. We'll start there from California, where, again, lawmakers expected to pass, what, 16 gun control bills over the next couple of days. All of them aimed at legal gun owners. All of them aimed at people who want to obey the law. Meanwhile, what's happened with violent criminals? Well, a felon in possession of a firearm who was on probation, who shot and killed two police officers, had not seen his probation officer in over six months, according to Los Angeles Magazine. Justin Flores was on probation, again, for being a felon in possession. Back in March... He was accused and arrested uh, on domestic violence charges. He was accused of having a gun then, which would have been a violation of his probation. Nothing happened. His mom contacted... You know, I take that back. The domestic violence arrest and the gun allegation was actually 12 days before he shot and killed these two police officers in Omani, California. It was back in March when his mom contacted his probation officer and said, Hey, listen, my son's using drugs again. And I know that that's a violation of his probation. He's using drugs. His wife's using drugs. Uh, I, I want him to get help because he's fallen off the wagon. He needs he needs help. And according to mom, the probation officer said, I can't even talk about this case with you. Your son's an adult. Only thing I can do to get him into treatment is if he actually does something wrong and he gets arrested. Well, did something wrong, but he didn't get arrested. He allegedly committed suicide after shooting and killing those two police officers. And California, the, the same lawmakers who are taking aim at your right to keep and bear arms are ignoring the problems in the criminal justice system, or even worse, they are aiding and abetting them. They're putting violent criminals back out in the streets. 
They're allowing probation officers to carry a caseload of two or three times the standard. So that the folks that they're supposed to be keeping an eye on, they're not just falling through the cracks. They're falling through the canyons. There are gaping wide chasms for them to fall through because of how little attention is being paid to them after they've been convicted of a crime, after they've been sentenced, while they're supposed to be supervised. And again, that's not a priority. It's not a priority for George Gascon in Los Angeles. It's not a priority for Chesa Boone in San Francisco. It's not a priority for Gavin Newsom in Sacramento. Ensuring that you don't have access to your right to keep and bear arms, that is their biggest priority. Which brings us to today's Armed Citizen story, also from California, Moreno Valley, where a 93-year-old homeowner shot and wounded an intruder. And this 93-year-old has not been identified by police. A uh, friend of his wife's identified him only by his first name of Joe, said that Joe has been the victim of repeated burglaries over the past few weeks. He's called police. They get there long after the burglary is over. Uh, And just after midnight on Wednesday morning, someone broke into Joe's house. This time, Joe fired a shot and hit that intruder, critically injuring him. He was taken to a local hospital. The intruder is expected uh, to recover at this point. Joe was taken to the local police department, by the way. Has not been officially charged with a crime. Uh, The friend of his wife says uh, he he doesn't see why Joe would be charged with a crime, but this is California, I would remind you. And uh, we will keep our eyes open. I I do believe that Joe, based on the evidence that uh, has been presented, had a right to protect himself and his wife in their home. But who knows what uh, California prosecutors will rule. So we will definitely be keeping a close eye on this story. Finally today, our good deed of the day, also from California, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Uh, motorists in Sacramento County who saw a California Highway Patrol officer struggling with a uh, DUI suspect. Th- this was Wednesday afternoon, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, CHP had gotten reports of somebody who was driving erratically. They eventually found the person after they ran into a semi, rear-ended the semi. Uh, and then apparently the driver got combative when they were trying to take him into custody, uh, allegedly went for one of the officer's sidearms. Um, this happened on Interstate 80, and there were some passerby, we don't know how many, who saw what was going on, pulled over to help, helped subdue the suspect so that the officer could put him into custody without you know, uh, uh, any further uh, incident. The uh, uh, Sacramento County uh, chapter, or chapter, the Sacramento uh, County Office of the California Highway Patrol uh, acknowledging these good Samaritans on Facebook saying that they don't know what would have happened had they not stopped. But thankfully, again, they were in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing to uh, ensure that that officer got home safely at the end of his shift. Now, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Again, just a reminder, please visit the website uh, all weekend long. We are going to be updating uh, with all of the news that you need to know about. This is, again, a critically important time. We cannot check out. I know it's summer. I know we got a lot of stuff going on. But we need to be paying attention. We need to be engaged. We need to be involved. And we're going to be doing that at the website. And I uh, invite you to join us. 
If you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber. Just use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for showing your support for the independent pro Second Amendment journalism that we do, we're going to give you exclusive content, news stories, analysis, stuff you won't find anywhere else because your support does matter and it does make a difference. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.